0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Second Chance Dreamers with Chrissy Clemente. Here I have with me Rob Johnston from Meet the Creatives, a podcast that bridges the gap between entry-level designers and the industry's best. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really grateful for this opportunity.
0: Well, I can't wait to hear your story. I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself and what you thought you saw yourself doing like as a kid and what you ended up going to school for. Uh,
1: what, so when I was a kid, I had the, kind of like a wild imagination. Uh, my parents had like a video camera. They were always like filming me, uh, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. I watched uh, Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, and I was obsessed with it. And then all of a sudden I was like, I am Santa Claus. And I would like try and build the North Pole in my room and everything. And then I went through other phases, uh, Star Wars. I got really into DJing when I was uh, younger. And it's, it's kind of funny because like now I'm a professional DJ and it really all started there. And like, so it would be like, you know, when I was a child, I did it. And then it kind of just like my imagination manifested itself all throughout my life so you know like making like a, a vip club in the basement because my parents would more or less when we moved to and they like gave me the unfinished basement to just do whatever i wanted with like that's where all the christmas stuff was and everything but like for the most part it was like a wide open space so i would always just like see things and want them to be real just like when i was a kid i wanted santa claus to be real and so naturally in school i i leaned towards things like art classes and we i was fortunate enough to kind of come up with computers so uh suffer in high school which i'm really grateful for now uh had photoshop classes uh mr corinne was my photoshop teacher i learned a lot from him he also was the first person to kind of put me in my place and tell me to kind of check my attitude at the door and you know that i had natural ability but i had a bad attitude and you know he was totally right and uh i'd probably blow his mind if he knew what i was doing these days so in high school that was the one thing i did i was a terrible student but I originally in high school I thought I wanted to be a fireman, but in the back of my mind, I always wanted to be a designer. I always wanted to be creative. So like, while I love the fire department, I just you know when I when I heard the way that other guys talked about it, I didn't have that same passion or that same like you know because it's such such a heroic and you know a, a really, frankly a scary and dangerous thing to do. Um, and I saw how much my friends loved it, and while I loved the volunteering and I love all that stuff, I wanted to go a different, more creative route. So being a kid kind of helped me get to where I am today.
0: So then what did you end up studying in college?
1: When I graduated from high school, I had terrible grades. I was smart in in terms of like my ability to speak and to weigh in on things in in class and, you know, on like my history courses, I I was always fascinated. But when it came to like doing the homework and doing that kind of stuff, I really was the worst. So naturally, the next step was Rockland Community College, which a lot of people kind of like razzed on and said that like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, there's a waste of time and nobody goes to community college. And, you know, it's like all these kind of jokes about it being like 10th or 11th grade, you know, whatever, whatever that dumb. Yeah, whatever
0: that dumb joke is that, like, you're just going to high school all over again yeah, yeah, but yeah, college.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: It's horrible. It's not true.
1: It's t- totally not true. And I almost feel like, you know, my community college experience was incredible. And I had uh, Dino Rizzatos, who's a, a history professor who, like, he needs a show on Netflix, with, like, with a big budget. Like, he's a, he's a brilliant uh, professor and uh, scholar of history Professor Falco was amazing he taught me a lot about psychology was very involved in, in helping me grow as a person and really took the, the extra time to to mentor me and to you know because I think I kind of pissed them off sometimes with like with my like half assed attitude but they were kind of the people that molded me and really got me ready for going to Rampo College which was next I remember going with my mom. Me and my mom were both so nervous. I love my mom so much. It was the most like beautiful little moment ever. Uh, so uh, I went to Rampo College, had an amazing experience there, ended up doing visual communication design because at this point, I wasn't going to do the FDNY thing. People that were huge in my life, Bonnie Blake, Stuart Weinstock, you know, the list goes on, Mike Sherb, you know, Lipkin, These Tom Franklin. I mean, I'm a photographer now because of Tom Franklin's Photojournalism class. He's a man who fundamentally changed my life. He took the uh, firefighters raising the flag picture, and
0: um, on September 11th. On September, yeah.
1: Sorry, I, I feel like everyone knows that, but like yeah. they, uh, they, the picture of them like raising the flag on at Ground Zero, one of the most iconic pictures in American history. That was just one of the many incredible photographs he took, and he got me super fired up about photography. So when I left, I knew that if the shit hit the fan. Or like you know if I if I had no direction and I couldn't cut it in graphic design like photography would be it. So leaving school, I had a great experience at both RCC and at Ramapo, and I really feel like I valued my education. I feel like there was a lot of it that was kind of like I didn't necessarily subscribe to, and but I think you all you know everybody has the you reserve the right to not have to listen to it. So if people are like I went through college and they tried to like brainwash me, I just kind of picked and choose what I thought was what was important and you know of those names that I mentioned and a few others it's like I really really those experiences alone were invaluable and really like changed my life so college was dope.
0: What jobs did you apply to once you got out of college?
1: During college I worked at this place called Refurb UPS which my friend uh, Corey Machado had gotten you know he said like hey you know they need a graphic designer so I went it was a really great experience I worked with these guys Jim Zimnock and Peter Sherry and they would uh, refurbish battery systems. So I got that job while I was in college, and I learned a lot about business. It was a is really an insane experience. Um, I actually did that as my internship, um, which at the time seemed kind of funny because I should have gotten like an internship somewhere else. But I really think that not going for another internship and working with them full time over the summer and having that full time work experience, and I learned so much from it about sales, about you know how to conduct yourself in business. And Jim and Peter were really great took excellent care of me. So there's that. And then uh, we built a store from scratch. We completely renovated the store. I was involved in every aspect of that. So I was tasked with that kind of crazy stuff during school. Uh, So naturally, the moment that I was like about to graduate from college, I was like, you know, I felt that kind of trapped feeling. Pressure was high at the job because, um, you know, we were building the store and there was a lot of stress going on within the business. You know, things are going fantastic now for them. and I'm really happy for them. But at the time... Uh, There was kind of a lot going on and I kind of wanted to kind of spread my wings and get ready to leave school. So I did that. So I started Meet the Creatives right around that time. uh, And then on Meet the Creatives, episode 10, I believe it was, I met Ron Burridge from Hershey, who uh, would later become my creative director and my boss and my friend. And, you know, he's been amazing and I value his friendship so much. He helped me get my first agency job working after school at at TPN, um, which was a great experience. Um, learned a, a whole lot there. It was a, I think it was like a month or so, and that was a really amazing experience. But also that first time getting my heart broken, that like you know like the I have the world now and like there's gonna be opportunity and of course it will happen because school was awesome. This will be awesome. And then it was like you know a real world wake up call kind of thing. So I went there.
0: And what happened there?
1: So I, I went I went there. It was my first job. I remember being um, really kind of nervous to to go to New York City to kind of have to like, you know, to wake up and like, you know, I had to, I, I remember I love the smell of, of my iron because that smell reminds me of like the first day I went to my job. I was so overdressed and like awkward. It was hilarious. But uh, I remember waking up that morning, totally freaking out, realizing how many people were in New York City, realizing that it was kind of like a rat race and that, you know, I was like, I have to compete with all of these people. I just felt very anxious and overwhelmed. And it was the middle of the summer and like, you know,
0: it sounds like a scene out of, like, the movies. It,
1: it was. It was. And it's funny because, like, I remember walking and not knowing exactly where I was going, but knowing that if I saw the Chrysler building that I was, like, going in the right direction and to walk down towards the Chrysler building. But uh, I remember walking down there, and, and then, like, when I, when I got there, I was being super sweaty and super nervous, and there was a big giant globe when I walked in. But in a way, I felt like I had to kind of made it. I actually have a picture that I sent to my wife my now wife um, on my first day. And I I look so nervous and I'm doing a nervous face. Like I'm nervous, but I really was that nervous. Um, And then after that, they helped me to get some experience and I got to work on the Hershey's global brand. And I got really excited. Uh, And Matthew Searcy helped to mentor me, but they didn't really have a spot to fill. And you you know, I realized that I wasn't, it it was kind of like, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I remember being like very like heartbroken in the same way. Like when you first get your heart broken in love, it's like, you don't know how to feel about it. Like, You trusted them. You know what I mean? You feel stupid for having had trusted them. But now it's just like, you know, I realize I have perspective on it and I realize it's just like, you know, the way the things work.
0: So what did you do after you left there?
1: So I left there. um, I continued to search for freelance work. I worked on my book a whole lot more. I sought out mentorship. Now all this time with me, to creatives, I was meeting people along my journey. So it was kind of a, an interesting journey leaving school because most people leave and they don't talk to anyone in particular, but I had this podcast that was kind of gaining some steam. So at this point I had already done 10 podcasts, but you know, like the episode 10 was like the global head of design at the Hershey's chocolate company. Like number four was Michael Beirut who did like, you know, the New York times building and like Saks Fifth Avenue and all this amazing stuff. So I was having these incredible experiences of mentorship and guidance But I was also failing at, like, staying in the ring when I got there because I lacked the technical skills. And my advice to anyone who's coming up and is leaving school is to – and just like we discussed before this podcast, like, you have the ability to learn anything that you want to learn online or, you know, like, there's no excuse. So even if your college sucks – like you can learn it all. It's all out there. It's most of it is free, and I I just refused to do it. I painted myself as a victim, and I kind of just went from job to job. But all all of the people that mentored me just kept like redirecting me towards the work, and that was really great. So I worked at Clark, BuzzFeed, Product Labs. That was really exciting. That was like a that was like a really you know amazing Google like office. Uh, that was kind of cool. Again, kind of like hindered by the technical skills. But my journey entering has has been a bit of a rough one, but it's also been absolutely euphoric and amazing on the meet the creatives end. But I think, you know, at first when I first got my heart broken working at TPN and I was like, oh, no, like just, I can't believe I like didn't make the cut. Now I almost enjoy the climb because it will make it so much sweeter when I when I get there.
0: So you mentioned that you felt like a failure in your job search, but successful in your podcast. How did that make you feel? Because that seems like a mixed emotion. And what else was going on in your life at this time?
1: So when Meet the Creative started, I, I didn't think anything would really become of it. Debbie Millman, who has a podcast in the creative space, I really admired her, and you know I wanted to be like her, so I wrote her an email. And, uh, you know, at the end of the thing, it was like this crazy train wreck of an email. And then she was gracious enough to come on my podcast. And, you know, when you have that as a first kind of marquee name, it kind of was easy to kind of gain some momentum from that. So I'm forever grateful to Debbie for kind of getting that, that ball rolling. I went on to meet Michael Beirut, you know, Sean Adams, uh, all these people kind of in that, in that same uh, group so that's kind of how I was able to kind of meet so many people so quickly because it piqued people's interest they were like who is this random you know entry-level designer who has these people coming on there was never any talk of like you know bridging the gap at first it was kind of I was meeting them all um and then over the course of almost two years now the podcast has become downloaded all around the world last month I did like 30,000 downloads I had a lot of success. I've paid like, you know, zero dollars in in money promoting it. It's just been a very like natural, natural kind of like growing thing. All that while though, in my own life, and I, this is kind of why, you know, the podcast seeks to bridge the gap between entry-level creatives and, in, you know, the industry's top talent. Um, you know, one of the people like, that's such a great thing that you do. Like, you know, that's so great that you're giving back to your community this is gonna be so helpful to so many people. I knew what I was going through, having repeatedly failed the jobs and I know how social I am and i I knew that it would be difficult for people to to communicate and to network and to do these kind of things and put themselves out there like this um so the feedback after the first like year and a half or so, when people really started to find out about it was overwhelming. You know people writing me from all around the world saying they were in the same boat, and then all that while I had people in my family who had, you know, significant health problems. Um, and it really kind of sent me into this kind of dark depression. And also to like not always being able to, to pay the bills, having to have these, you know, really hard conversations be, you know, with my now wife or with my mom or, you know, whatever it is, just trying to figure out a way to kind of like break on through and, and to make it. And I'm so blessed and fortunate to have a family that, you know, always looks out for me and, and does that sort of thing. And I'm really grateful to my mom and to my wife for being so understanding because, you know, I was investing a lot in the podcast and meeting people, but also like failing to get jobs or failing to stay at jobs. So, you know, I, I had some, some stints like Hershey, BuzzFeed, things that went well. These were all positive experiences. Um, and if you ask anyone that I've ever worked with, they'll tell you that I have a great attitude. It's more of like an experience sort of thing. What actually ironically enough helped me kind of come out of that depression was pouring a cup of coffee and like figuring out what the problem was. So like if I didn't know about clipping masks, I would just go and like figure it out. And I would actually alleviate my anxiety. So like now when I go into jobs, you know, job interviews and they're talking about like what's required of me, I'm not freaking out because I know what it is and I feel confident I just need to sell them on myself. So I have fought tirelessly with imposter syndrome And I've been very vocal about it because I know that people are in that same boat who don't have any of this.
0: So what is imposter syndrome? What do you mean when you say that? So
1: imposter syndrome is like, I'm doing all these things. So I have, I have these, I have this following, I have this thing, but it's like, I don't give myself credit really for any of it because I've at times feel as if I'm like, you know, I'm not worthy. These people are, you know, like these people are just, are just like randomly liking it. They're not really engaged with it. Or like, you know, I could never be a great, I could never work at Google. I could never work at Facebook. I could never do these things. And I I, I know how crippling that can be. But I've had this, like, I'm trying to describe it in a way that's not so meta, but it's like whenever I would feel that way, I would just have like one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my life come into my life, come on my podcast, I would edit the podcast, I would listen to it, and then I would deploy their ideas in my own life and kind of prove myself wrong. So like I, seeking out mentorship was so beneficial to me.
0: I think that's exactly what I'm also trying to do with second chance dreamers. I'm trying to get myself motivated. I'm trying to get myself inspired to come out of what I'm coming from. And I think that meeting people like yourself and others that I've interviewed, has really helped me and I get a lot of wisdom from every single person that I've spoken to. And and that's just really my goal is to kind of spread that wealth of information to other people, you know, knowing that you can go through something and even though you feel a certain way, like you can always come out of it and you can always go for what you want despite your circumstance or whatever hard times you're going through.
1: The videos are always there. The inspiration's always there. Like, I really think that I think of life in kind of this way of like, you know, there's there's extremes, you know, there's like war and poverty and death. And then there's like elation and happiness and gratitude and fulfillment and all these things. And it's like, it's kind of like a pendulum. And also, too, it's like the universe has that. And then also like your own ego has that. So navigating, it's very rare that those two are both on like the same track. And I feel like when you seek out mentorship, it helps to kind of guide you back towards a more rational kind of like poised position. And I feel like a lot of times, like when I would fight, when I would fight that, like I'm not worthy of it. I would just go and just do something that was like, I proved myself wrong. I would have these things where I would like tell myself I couldn't do it. And then I would just do it. That's how you can like bypass it. So if you're depressed, like it doesn't matter, like get up, like laying in bed all day is like not romantic, like do it, you know?
0: I totally hear that. You know, there are days where you wake up and you feel a certain way and you kind of feel like gloomy and it's raining outside or whatever it is. But
1: you kind of like live into it a little bit. I hate that shit. You know? Right. Yeah. You kind of get
0: like in your feelings. Yeah. So, of course, I'm in my feelings the other day mm-hmm. and I go on Facebook and I have a memory that I posted a an Oprah video a year ago. Right. And I don't know about you, but like Oprah is my, my person, Oprah, Oprah and Ellen. Yes. Like if they ran like for presidency, I would so vote. The so, <laughs>
1: may come true.
0: so, you know, as I'm, as I'm getting in my feelings, I sit down, I watch Oprah and she's talking about like, there are these moments in your life where you're just like, oh God, I want to give up and oh God, can it get any worse? And when you think back on these moments, you don't just have one moment in your life like this. You have a series of moments like this. And every time you look back at it, it was nothing. And it was just a blip. And she said that most of her guests on Super Soul Sunday always say to her, "If what they could tell their younger self is just to relax. That even if something really big happens, something devastating happens, or if you have a failure... Mm-hmm. You still have that ultimate destiny that you're headed towards. It's just a different way of getting there. Exactly. And if you just relax and you go with the flow, it'll all work out. And you just have to keep working in the direction in which you want to go.
1: I totally agree with all of that. And I think that you know, we live in a world where people are like they're always looking to the news of like this is the current like, can you believe like it's such a mess? If you look at the world at large by the numbers, things are exponentially better than they've ever been. My thing that I say to myself all the time in my head is it's always been fine. Like, I've had people in my life that have committed suicide. I've had people that have died in car accidents. You name it, it's happened. The whole nine yards. I've seen death from cancer. I know people that currently have cancer. I've seen it all. Like, those are the things that are unavoidable. And frankly, those are the things that scared the shit out of me the most. But with the exception of those things, for the most part, so many of us have so much we can be grateful for you you just have to know that it it will all work itself out like with me through creatives like i like right now like i'm pretty i'm pretty broke but like my intent is so good and what i am putting forth into the universe is so good i know it will pay off that's just how it works it's like binary you know
0: i feel the same way right now i'm broken than a joke what is that (laughs) what what is that thing uh all you need is a dollar and a dream
1: Exactly.
0: And I just charged a couple of dollars for a new mic, so it's a cu- couple dollars and a dream.
1: I got a better one for you. Walt Disney. This whole thing started with a mouse.
0: So when following you, I see that you go live a lot and you're documenting your journey into finding a position in your field at a top-level design company. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed that you just put together your first live event at the Soundview in Greenport, Long Island. Can you tell me a little bit about both those things?
1: Soundview, Greenport, that's going to be this weekend. It's my first ever live event. Uh, John Contino, who, ironically enough, you know, we talked earlier about, like, reaching out and networking and putting yourself out there. John Contino was my favorite illustrator in the whole world while I was in college at Rambo College. And then I reached out to him and cut scene two years later, now we're doing a live event together. So, you know, reach out to people and let them know you love them. So we're doing that. John Contino is the headliner. We have Jessica Lamison from VaynerMedia, who's amazing and really smart and, you know, sharp and a real straight shooter. She's awesome. Juan Carlos Pagan, who is the guy who did the Pinterest logo and also the Ciroc logo. He's a killer, uh, really, really talented typographer and designer. Uh, and Ahmed Clink who is hands down, um, you know, I mentioned before about photography in terms of my own personal preference, my probably my favorite photographer in the world. So it's insane to be friends with him. He's done work for Kendrick Lamar, Future, every show you watch on Netflix. Like if you binge watch Netflix, he's done like all your favorite TV stars, um, done a whole bunch of movie stars as well. Kevin Hart. Uh, so he's a killer. So all those people, that's going to be the live event. Thank you to Brian and Christina and everyone at the Soundview for helping making this possible. Um, I really couldn't have done it without them. So that's coming up. I'm going to do a lot more of those. My purpose in, it, in that, though, is very similar to that of the live. You know, what I always thought was like, how do I have mentorship at scale? So how do I take these euphoric ex- experiences that I'm having and scale that across the world? Well, one thing is a podcast, right? But like, if you can't be in the room or you can't ask the questions, then it's kind of just like whatever I said, it's like what you get. So on Instagram Live, what I, what I wanted to do was kind of break down the barriers of pretentiousness and of this holier-than-thou narrative that so many entry-level designers face every day because that's just kind of like how the industry is. It's just like, oh, like, you know, I'm not going to waste my time with this. Or it's like, you know, they think that they're not worth it. You know, but I wanted wanted to break it down and have it that people can communicate with me. And then so so that's why I did Instagram Live. Very scary at first. It's kind of caught on. You kind of start to see some familiar faces, which is really nice. I've never been more selfless in my life and more has never been coming to me.
0: That's usually how it works. The more you put out and you give the more you get back.
1: To quote Gary Vaynerchuk, doing the right thing is always the right thing. I live by that shit. You got to give back. You got to dedicate the time. I have nothing, but I'm giving everything and I I love that.
0: So you got fired from your first job and then you had a lot of different opportunities that didn't work out, but you've had a lot of success with this podcast. What skill set do you think that you have got you through those moments? What advice can you give to somebody else? Like how to get through their low point to get to where... You know, they can believe in themselves and take a chance and keep going.
1: I always talk about, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. And a lot of times people have like, you know, DM me like, DMV, like, what, like why are you so obsessed with him? Like, like, like what's what's the big deal? And like to, to answer your question, like a lot of the things that he says, like I, I just like firmly fucking like believe in them. So I don't think that he's saying anything that's like revolutionary. But I think that the core tenets of what he's talking about are the things that I use as kind of like a guiding way to get through my stuff. And Gary really kind of helped me with that even though I don't know him. I think the thing that helps get me through it is having empathy and just understanding that I have my own selfish wants and needs, but like other people also too have have their thing going on. And I think the biggest thing that you can realize is that like it's the last thing that people want to hear when they're down is that like nobody really owes you anything. You know what I mean? Like just because like you're having a rough go of it doesn't mean that like they should like gift you the job you kind of have to like earn things so put yourself back in a position where it's like you're rising to the occasion you're gonna like you know lace up and fight for it kind of thing whereas i had it initially these depression things would be significantly longer because i'd be like you know Listening to my ego and listening to like, oh, you know, you have it so bad. They don't give you a chance. Like none of that's true. And like your imagination can manifest some pretty dark mindsets and can leave you in a place that will make you like want to like not leave the house or make you want to like give up or cry or whatever. But like nobody gives a shit, you know, and it's like. People say, like, that's sad. Like, that's not sad. Like, you reserve the right to make people give a shit. Like, I got really tired of getting little, like, niche package design companies that were like, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like you just don't have the experience yet. So I just got, I worked like the Tasmanian devil and went and got a job in the global design team at the Hershey Company. That's a way to get out of it. Like, don't get mad, get even, and I've done that like time and time again. Like, don't have a chip on your shoulder and act on that, but have a chip on your shoulder, and then and and then when you see them, just be like the nicest person you've ever been in your entire life. I love that kind of mindset. Have empathy for others, but if you feel like you got screwed, give it back tenfold in a positive way. Gary Vaynerchuk always says, and this is like one of the things I love. Is like, don't tear down other people's buildings. Build the biggest building in town. I'm I'm of that mindset. So like, you know, you can talk about, you know, why the industry doesn't do this or why there's not these opportunities or the job market or, you know, a huge one is like Donald Trump. But like the fact of the matter is it's all on you. And it's the excuses that you tell yourself as to why you can't watch that YouTube video. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a very easy decision. It's like, do you go and smoke pot with your friends or do you go and watch videos on YouTube and learn how to become a better photographer? It's just like hours logged and mindset. Laying around feeling sorry for yourself is only going to bring about more of that. Whereas if every day you're watching these clips and you're watching these things and you can learn more and you're now more valuable, that's how you pull yourself up out of it.
0: That's great advice. I really appreciate that. That was super inspiring. So you've interviewed a lot of creative professionals in the industry. How did you get to reaching out to them?
1: I always try and tell people it's more like the act of reaching out. And also like not having like an angle a really good way I can describe this is like how I look at my own inbox from meet the creatives because now I'm in a place where people message me the the messages that I respond to are more of the vein of like hey my name is you know uh, my name is Austin or whatever and I'm moving I'm moving from Texas and I'm moving to New York City like it would be great to grab coffee and to learn more about your story you know maybe you can help me and guide me in my career path I'm gonna respond what I don't respond to is somebody who writes me, how's it going? And then it's like, you know, in a different font, there's like this like four paragraph thing about them. I don't respond to that. I don't respond to people that are initially are selling to me. I respond to the right intent. And that has been the secret to how I get to meet all these people. My intent is pure. I just want to meet them. Because I respect them. And I'm not afraid to say, like, oh, my God, like, I just watched your eight-hour course. Like, you're, you're, like, you are the fucking best in all capital letters. Like, you know, just, like, just be real. Just think of, like, what would I want to show up in my email? Like, what you don't want to show up in your email is someone who's, like, a, a creative, you know, someone who's at the top of the field is, like, I want to work for you. This is my dream job. Here's my cover letter. Like, nobody gives a shit. So my thing was always just, like, hey, I'm an entry-level designer. I want to learn from you. You seem like you've had an amazing career. I have a podcast. I can be of value to you. This is a value proposition. Let me know. So, you know, this this secret to, to meeting all these people is just like being genuine and being sincere and then also maintaining a relationship with them after.
0: So you've taught yourself all of these new skills. You developed this podcast. You said you learn a lot online. Do you have any other advice for people who want to start something similar?
1: I think that the only thing that's stopping you is you. And I I know that sounds like cliche and it's just kind of like, great. Like, you know, I could have read that on like a, a bumper sticker somewhere or something. But it's just like all the answers are right at your fingertips. So weird. I I used to like have such an in-depth answer. But like my answer now is like, like, you want to host a podcast? Simplecast.com. You want to go to a web, like you want to have a, a website? Squarespace.com or Wix. Wix is cool apparently now too. It's all out there. It's do it. Just jump. Just start making, start making content, putting it out there. That's what I did. There was no plan. I had no plan. The mission statement came a year and a half later. I did like fucking 45 podcasts before I was like, oh yeah, I guess I am bridging the gap between (laughs) every level. It's like so stupid, you know? It doesn't fucking matter. Another big thing is also realizing too, a huge thing. You'd be surprised how much nobody cares about you. And that is amazing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Because the people that will regularly participate in your content, they like you. You know what I mean? It's like like, like you know, like if every day like you have a thing that you do and like you provide them value, they like you. Everyone you know doesn't start a podcast because they're worried about like what their aunt would say. Like you know, at Thanksgiving, like they're not even gonna fucking listen to it. You know what I mean? Like hate like haters don't engage in things that are positive and uplifting. They don't. They just like spew their little thing. You just go like, oh, okay, all right, bro, you got it. And then you just do, you get, get your freak on. Get your freak on. Do your thing. No one's gonna judge you. I'm on Instagram live every day. There, there has never been the part where, like, there's never been like, you know, hey bro, go fuck yourself. You're a fucking fraud. That's just, a, that's all a manifestation of your ego. And so many people stop themselves from doing things because of these like intricate stories that they're manifesting within their own head. It's fucking bullshit. Who cares? Unfollow me. In the same way you treat your social media like that, treat your brand like that. You know what I mean? Like, listen to where it's coming from. Don't take advice from people you wouldn't, that, that you don't think are doing better in life than you are. And even them. They're a suspect. Just know yourself and go fucking do it. So,
0: you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk. Who else inspires you and motivates you?
1: There's so many people. Where to begin? I'm a musician and a DJ. So, a lot of my inspiration comes from musicians. Uh, John Mayer has always been an inspiration to me. Um, you know, I, I think that he's kind of like a misunderstood artist. Um, I think that like you know, early on, he did some kind of like douchey things, but like, you know, he as he's matured, his, so has his music. And I think a lot of his music really inspires me from from a writing standpoint, from a music standpoint. Um, and so I've always really been inspired by him and his and his ability to constantly be getting better at guitar. That's kind of like, you know, a, a lot of my heroes were like that. They were like virtuosos in whatever they did. So when I see someone like John Mayer, who's like a masterful guitar player, that inspires me to like take my thing a little more seriously. So So music inspires me, my mom and my dad. Uh, they inspire me, my family. Um, I know it 's a very cliche answer, but the older you get, the more you realize like you know how difficult it is to like raise children and to you know to have gifted me with the skill set that I have now to like my social skills and my work ethic it's like you know a lot of that comes from my parents. My wife really inspires me she 's my rock. without her, I would be a butterless roll. I find inspiration from everything, but I also find the place where I draw the most inspiration from is just how fleeting life is for whatever reason, I'm kind of like a little bit morbid. And I always think that like my life could be over at any time. So like, I, I live that way.
0: So who do you want to interview in the future on your podcast?
1: Peter McKinnon. That was the fastest answer ever. Okay. I want to have him on so bad. If anyone has any leads on how I can meet Peter McKinnon, he is my favorite YouTuber. Uh, I never was into like the YouTube culture, but uh, he does like these, these photography tutorials and things of that nature. And uh, he's super talented. Peter McKinnon, Chase Jarvis along that same line, um, getting closer Oh, that's another thing too about uh, getting people on the podcast. Sometimes you gotta like be patient. It's like, all right, try it. like try in six months, and six months later, you're like, it's like a, you know, set a set a reminder on your phone for six months later. And be like, I'm here, and they're like, oh, fuck, all right, fine. Like, there's a lot of the the big ones that I, like you have to be like that. So, and who else? Mel Robbins, I would love to have on. I love Mel Robbins.
0: Where do you see yourself in the future?
1: I see myself traveling a lot, doing a lot of speaking engagements. I just. uh I have two speaking engagements that I just got talking to colleges and um, you know, hopefully it will it will continue to grow from there. I want to definitely scale my message even more and, you know, let people know that they're not alone and then that they can find mentorship and then they can do it. I want to do that for like, you know, the next couple of years. I want to have kids. Um, I am very, very happily married. I was, you know, for everything that I heard about marriage, it's been the ultimate gift to have this. So, um, you know, having kids and, um, looking forward to that, but also very, being very patient with that. I have a lot I want to do before that, as does my wife. So, um, to use the analogy that Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey is to me what Oprah is to you. I love Steve Harvey, and he has that thing about jump and about like you like you need you need to jump. Look it up if you haven't seen it. It's like an old video, but talking about you look at people online and you look at the people around you when you see that you know people are on planes and traveling and they're doing all this stuff and it's like you wonder why like you're still at your office job or why things aren't working out for you but like you need to jump and by jump he means like jump and take a leap and take some losses and scratch yourself along the way but like you will eventually break free and your parachute will open and then you will fly but you will not fly unless you jump and I, I feel like I, I did not jump until like six months ago and the fall so far has been beautiful. So it's like my parachute's going to fucking open and it's going to happen soon. And I'm, it's funny cause it's like, I'm working so hard again. My intent is so good and I am working so hard that I am like really excited to see what becomes of this. And I wish that for everyone that listens to this really like. That's what you got to do. You have to be sure of yourself, love yourself, and you jump. You do your thing. And I'm really excited to see what becomes of that.
0: I really enjoyed listening to you today and learning from you. I think you gave me and anyone who listens a lot of wisdom and pieces of advice that they could definitely use to go forward. And thank you so much for coming today. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you at?
1: I'm all over social media, LinkedIn, everything. My name is Rob Johnston with a T. Biggest thing is at MeetTheCreativesNY on Instagram. That's my, my main thing. I do have a website, MeetTheCreatives.design. But for the most up-to-date and uh, inspiring content, I'd recommend MeetTheCreatives. Although LinkedIn's got some speed to it.
0: Thank you so much. And tune in to the next episode of Second Chance Dreamers. Bam.
1: Yeah, I run around with a renegade. you should take a seat, save your energy. I try to heal a guys with a band-aid In a time of need, you call your enemies. I landed in a visa and I need a visa. I ain't playing with you, just no mama me. I need a hottie tottie with a body, yeah. I just spit the knowledge then I'm out of here. Body, 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 body. That's what they are when we come around. Yeah. This is your time when we want it now. How big is your army? A hundred thousand.